now, though, let's discuss trending news. It's two minutes past four. Trending news right now. We'll look at the past 72 hours as it's Monday. So we'll look at uh, the weekend overall in terms of what's happened on social media. The Twitter streets, more specifically, Mpumele Lomashifane joining us, who's social commentator of uh, also 012 News uh, journalist. How are you doing today, Mpumelelo? Good morning, good morning, Asanda. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How was the weekend? Um, quite tiring, um, but yeah. It was, um, sorry? It was quite tiring. Oh, quite tiring. Busy. Yes, didn't have any weekend this weekend. Okay, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, it's always a good thing to be working. Yeah. We just uh, thank God while we still have work. Um, because work is hard to come by these days. These days, ne? absolutely. And we thank God that we have another week then to start over and do what we didn't yeah. manage to do in the past week. We can catch up or we can rest, whatever it is we need to do. All absolutely. Right. Let's uh, today start uh, with Naomi Osaka, this tennis player. So she has uh, reportedly been heckled by a spectator in the crowd. This was during her match against uh, Veronica Kudemetova at the BNP Paribas Open in California on Saturday. Can she catch a break, this poor lady, man? Yeah, um, very, very sad images uh, for Naomi Asama, four-time uh, Japanese Grand Slam champion. Um, she she lost out in, in, that, in that final um, at Indian Wells in California, and um, unfortunately, a crowd, members of the crowd heckled her, and one that particularly came through was that Naomi, you suck, and 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 she she seems to have um, struggled to contain herself and keep her composure um, during that really breaking down, um, unable to hold back the tears um, at the end of that, uh, and requesting the microphone actually addressed the media mm. and the crowd and and really an emotional Naomi saying that um, what happened to her. Um, reminded her of 2001 when the Williams sisters uh, were also heckled at the very same venue in the very same championship. And we all know um, they went on to boycott um, the championship for many years after that. For about 14 years, they boycotted the, the Williams family. Absolutely. So, I mean, in a time where we're talking about hashtag be kind, it's a movement that's doing the rounds everywhere on social media. Why is this happening, man? Why are people being this mean? I think um, the the one issue she wanted to draw attention to, um, even though, you know, mainstream media sort of um, chose to uh, make it about heckling, uh, but but she said um, it's, it's it's about being a coloured player. It's about being a black woman uh, on that field. And I suppose that's why she drew that comparison between her and the Williams sister to say, if you're a person of colour on these um, on these tracks and, and you're actually doing it well, there's always that kick under the belt uh, for, for, for black athletes that they always have to face from, from racism. Um, in 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 the sporting fraternity, and and I suppose that's what she was saying. That you know, um, if you haven't watched that video of 2001, please go and watch it because mm. she said more than anything, that's what made her break down. Because it, after after the heckling happened, um, she just it just kept on playing uh, in her head. 
And we, the spectator has not been identified yet. We're not sure why that is, because, I mean, there's literally cameras everywhere there. But also, her asking, Osaka asking the umpire for the microphone to address this particular issue and then being rejected in terms of that request, can we also attach that then to this discrimination and racial abuse? Why was she not allowed to speak? I suppose um, it's 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 the silencing of the black force. We can say um, why why should she only be given a chance to speak? Uh, she should just uh, be strong, uh, so to speak. It's what we it's what we we, we, we are always used to. Um, we struggle with racism in this country, and it's always like our cries are are you know we we just being crybabies, so to speak. Um, I think with her, with the microphone, is that in recent times when she has um, come back from the intermittent breaks that she's taken in her career, um, she's refused to speak to the media, uh, refused to take up the microphone and address yeah. the media after a match, and, and this time specifically going and saying, I want the microphone, and, and even then that was, that was made to, to be a big deal. I'm not even sure why this uh, particular spectator would not be addressed at that particular time. How do we just not go on like nothing happened? But any comment then from the Williams sisters after this particular incident? As I mean, we say we look back in 2001 and they allegedly faced uh, the same, you know, kind of treatment from the Indian Wells, this particular uh, championship. Did they say anything now? I did not come across a comment uh, from the Williams sisters um, across the social media pages, but I, I may be, I may be, I may have missed it. I'm not sure. Do you think it would be important for them to, to comment? I mean, they already just boycotted this uh, completely, saying we're not even yeah. trying to get involved here. Do you think it would be import, important for them to speak or just continue then boycotting and and keeping silent and keeping it moving? I think it's important for players of color as much as it's important. Uh, for black people across the spectrum to be united in solidarity with each other because we all experience racism. We all experience being undermined um, in our areas of profession because of the colors of, of our skin. Um, and not just here in South Africa, we know that racism is a big thing in the U.S. We know mm. that racism is a big thing across the world and it's, it's, it's unfortunately on the rise again. Um, racism and, and, and racist elements that often rear their ugly heads in public and in public spaces, such as um, that tennis championship. Mm. Let's uh, bring it back home then. Uh, well, not so much from the weekend, but last week's news, the President Ramaphosa appointing the Chief Justice, uh, Raymond Zondo, as of 1st April he assumes office. Yeah, and the uh, very mixed reactions coming through on social media and from the general public discourse about it. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose given that um, it took quite a long time for the decision to be made, even after the interviews were the public interviews were concluded, um, and the Judicial Service Commission recommending Justice uh, Maya of the Supreme Court of Appeal uh, to become the next uh, ju uh, Chief Justice. But, of course, uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa choosing to appoint uh, Deputy Chief Justice Raymond Zondo amid much criticism given um, his interview in the, in the JFC interviews and, 
and and some of the things he was unable to answer, um, given some of the criticism that he faced uh, from especially the EFF leader about his relationship with the with the with the former president. The EFF coming out strongly as under releasing a very strongly worded uh, press statement, um, calling uh, rejecting. Uh, the appointment of, of Deputy Chief Justice Raven Thunder and saying that he oftentimes uh, is quite quick to descend into the political arena and, and citing examples of him calling a press conference to address an open letter written by a politician or government minister um, and, and as well as a myriad of other things that they said uh, really um, compromised the image of the judiciary in, in the form of, of the Zondo. Is it really that they are not happy with the appointment of Zondo or they are not happy that Mandisa Maya, Judge uh, uh, Mandisa Maya was not chosen? Because they also were saying this is uninspiring, this decision. Yeah, um, I think it's a mixed bag of both, uh, Asanda. I think they, 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 they had it in for, for Judge Zondo um, given that They've, they've had their battles with him coming out of the State Capture Commission. Also, saying that, uh, you know, he chose to treat uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa with kid gloves at the commission and, and, mm. and astoundingly making no finding against the president or his son, whom we all know um, received uh, money from Bosasa. Um, and, and therefore, the EFF saying that perhaps this is a reward uh, to, to, to Deputy Chief Justice Raven Zondo uh, for not implicating the president in the State Capture Commission report, but also sounding the bell on, on the issue of women appointments mm-hmm. and saying that government is becoming increasingly patriarchal, increasingly losing um, opportunities to to bid the transformation agenda where women are concerned. Who is happy about this decision? I haven't seen anybody who's happy about the decision. Yeah, and of course, I mean, we know that the president is not uh, obliged, I mean, constitutionally, to follow the recommendation of the JSC, and uh, him making that decision and then uh, putting Mandi Samaya as deputy chief justice, is that not something worthy of celebrating? I think this is another issue that's been um, sort of coming out in the discourse to say, well, for the first time in the process of appointing a chief justice, the president called uh, for public nominations, and those nominations were made, and therefore um, went to another public process of uh, the public interviews. And even after that, in the JSC had made a recommendation based on, you know, professionalism and them being experts in the legal field, the president still went uh, beyond uh, that recommendation and, and chose um, DCJ Zonda. All right. Well, for eight years he'll be there because we know as a Chief Justice, it's uh, either you serve until you are 70 years of age or uh, for 12 years, whichever comes first. In this case, it will be the age limit because he's 62 years now, uh, Chief Justice Zondo. And, uh, yeah, it will be eight instead of 12 years. So for the next time, until, well, hopefully nothing happens, you know, that's going to be unbecoming. But uh, that's where we will be then with the country. We have to make peace with it for eight years. I think it's, I think it's 65, Asanda. 
I think it's 65. This is another issue that was raised by the EFS in mm-hmm. statement, that um, he should retire at 65, and he's 62 now. Yeah. And therefore, it doesn't make sense that he would be appointed, yeah, appointed uh, for a period of two years. Then we have to go through the same process again, whereas uh, J- um, Judge President Meyer uh, could have served the full term of seven years. Um, so the term for Chief Justice is seven years. Um, and and uh, Deputy Chief Justice Zondo, or now appointed uh, Chief Justice uh, Raymond Zondo, will only be able to serve two and a half of it. Okay, well, there, there's another spin. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's let's uh, just leave it there then in terms of that. Uh, uh, hashtag King Goodwill Zuelitini. Then there's a cleansing ceremony that's uh, held to mark the first anniversary of the late King's passing. There is now also a further divide, another family feud around this particular prayer and cleansing ceremony because of where it should be held. Yeah. Um, this weekend, uh, absolutely a number one for the Zulu Nation. They're remembering a year uh, since that untimely, totally unexpected death of uh, Zulu Monarch. Um, and uh, we saw Amabutu gathering at the Inkosi Albert Lutuli Hospital in Durban, where uh, the king took his last breath um, to hold a night vigil ahead of a uh, special ceremony and rituals that were going to be performed by the, 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 the royal family, uh, marking a year since he's passing away, and of course beginning the process of cleansing or delays in the accreditation of the new king and hopefully it will be resolved. Do you see it being resolved anytime soon as the, the courts are, are trying to also get into trying to resolve this? I think uh, 
coming out of the Peter Maris High Court, uh, we we know that uh, there aren't any more legal battles in his way, and therefore he seems to have jumped the last hurdle. I think ceremoniously, um, perhaps they could have been waiting also for this past weekend's events uh, before holding any sort of events of a celebratory nature, uh, waiting for um, the, the final cleansing uh, to happen. So looking ahead, I don't think anything that's going to be happening uh, in King Mrs. way for him to be coronated as, as the king of the Zulu nation in modern-day times. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe they could get Steve Harvey to resolve this family feud. <laughs> I just want to end it on a, a note where we can laugh. Everything is so serious. They should just yeah, call I'm, Steve I'm, Harvey to, to resolve the family feud. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> for me, I'm just happy if, if, if they, they're still being um, civilized, so to speak, about it and fighting it out in court. We know that the royalty comes with blood, um, and it's also taken through blood. So as long as uh, people are not killing each other for the throne um, or or that, I think um, it, it marks uh, an evolution of sorts for us as, as, as people. Yeah, well, uh, let's uh, take a short break. We'll continue talking about more uh, stalemates, Optimum Mine, uh, talking about that, and also Com Air uh, being grounded. Uh, stalemate after stalemate, politics after politics. But stay with us uh, as we continue with our trending news. This is SAFM. catch me. Trending news right now. We continue then on that. 20 minutes past four with Mpumelelo Mashifane, social commentator, uh, 012 News uh, uh, reporter and journalist uh, in terms of what's happened in the last 72 hours on uh, social media. Another stalemate, another... A tug of war between Kome and the SA Civil Aviation Authority now, um, Pumelelo, they've been grounded and it's been found that they had immediate risks to safety and security. Initially on Saturday, this was found and then by Sunday, Kome said, we're going to resolve this and resume flying, but that didn't happen. All right, we don't seem to have Pumelelo on the line. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, are you there, Pumelelo? Yes, I'm here. Okay, I'm not sure. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. Uh, but I don't know if you heard my question then. Kome versus SA Civil Aviation Authority. Kome being suspended because the uh, SA Civil uh, Aviation Authority found that there were immediate risks to safety and security in their flights. Then they came and said, no, we'll sort this out by Sunday since it was uh, placed to them on Saturday. But uh, it was not uh, resolved. Yeah, um, and uh, another uh, mid-air crisis causing um, the another Bulula aircraft to to land um, on an emergency basis, and um, that is that is the reason why um, the Civil Aviation Authority now grounded uh, British uh, Airways and Kulula.com uh, flights inside the country um, pending those mid-air emergencies um, and until British Airways or Com Air as it's known, as the company is known, uh, sorts those problems out. So, I mean, the, uh, the authority finding that 
ComAir has uh, three level one findings and one level two findings. Level one finding that uh, there are immediate risks to safety and security, and uh, it means that you have to close with immediate effect. And then on level two, you have seven days that you need to be closed by. What will this mean then in terms of moving forward? What is the resolution? Yeah, I think um, now that they didn't comply with the first one, now they're on level one and they've been grounded immediately until the aviation authority is satisfied that they've resolved those problems on their flights. Uh, but a huge inconvenience for a clients, passengers who have found themselves stranded at airports uh, waiting for flights that they've booked. Uh, so it's going to be a huge scramble this morning, I think since yesterday or Saturday, um, for the company to try and uh, maintain that client retention, uh, trying to keep their customers, trying to reschedule them, cut a, uh, an agreement with another airline to help them carry those tickets uh, through to fulfillment. But yeah, I, I think um, you know such things uh, have the potential to ground an, 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 an airline indefinitely because of the loss of sick ticket sales and uh, the, the amount they might have to pay in refunds and all of that, and, and couple that with the loss of customer confidence, uh, might might be um, a very big blow to Comair. And it might seem uh, isolated to Comair, you know, where I guess competition would say they're going to step in now and, and use adva- or take advantage of the situation. But it's not so isolated because it takes away... of the capacity out of the market. And I'm wondering now, in trying to, you know, meet the demand of, you know, the other airlines coming in to try and meet the demand and carry that 40%, if this then doesn't further, you know, raise issues of safety and uh, systems in the other lines or or airlines, that might be an issue to everybody. Yeah, I mean, 40% capacity in the market is quite substantial, Asanda. And um, I think the market, the aviation market, is definitely going to feel it. Um, I think that, as you say, it, 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 it does equal an increased strain on the other operators. And, and they will have to probably move more flights uh, than they usually do in order to cover the capacity. Mm. Um, and not allow the the market to co- to collapse, but it, it does pose a significant threat to the aviation market. Of course, we know that um, ComAir is is quite well funded, and it should, from a monetary perspective, it should be able to recover. But I think it's still early days. Of course, the market's suffering very badly since uh, SAA also has been grounded for a number of months now, not flying. But uh, we know that they've resumed flights to a number of major destinations, especially domestically, in the past couple of weeks while a new partner, a private partner, um, is negotiating with government uh, for a public-private partnership uh, to for the airline to take to the skies again. So we don't know if that's going to uh, come in on, online soon enough. But definitely, um, this morning especially, I'm thinking people who are flying out to Cape Town, especially people in business, are going to feel the pinch of it. And the Easter weekend coming up not so long from now, so we really don't want disaster then. Hopefully this will be sorted. Even the long weekend coming up, 21st March, 
being a public Absolutely candidate. Absolutely, this coming weekend, yeah. yeah. Okay, hashtag uh, Optimum Mine, uh, Bumalanga Action Movement, they, they've marched to a coal mine to protest uh, court action taken. So court action was taken against this mine because they are uh, were allegedly linked to the Gupta family, and uh, the NPA had uh, moved in to say that the mine needs to be shut until investigations are completed there. Yeah, this is a story that started four years ago. We all know when um, the Guptas bought the mine in 2016 uh, through a company called Exploration and Resources. And, and thereafter, in 2018, when their bank accounts were shut down, uh, the mine was forced into a business rescue. Now, Asanda, just to give you some perspective, this is the mm. biggest coal mine in South Africa. It is built in the center and surrounded by five Eastern power stations, which is responsible for supplying coal to. Mm. Um, and uh, it, it is a huge player in the energy security of, of South Africa. But that's just a side note. Uh, what, what, what then happened is that uh, the business rescue practitioners took over the mine and tried to uh, take it through a sale process, and the NPA has, has opposed a number of these sale transactions on the basis that um, they they are linked to the Gupta family, including the most latest uh, person who is trying to buy the mine and reopen it, uh, and a gentleman named Daniel McBowen of Liberty Coal. Um, so he's gone through all the regulatory processes to acquire mining rights and water licensing rights and all of that. Um, and in the final stages, when the transaction was supposed to go through, the NPA said, no, this um, mine was bought through the proceeds of crime from the crypto family, and therefore we want to seize it into the custody of the state. Now, the community of Middleburg, Hendrina, and, um, and Emma Lasheni being quite affected by this, some 3,000 uh, to 3,500 workers uh, have lost permanent employment since the mine shut down, and um, countless number of small businesses and suppliers to the mine also uh, being affected. But now the community coming out and saying um, it believes that the NPA is really playing politics with this matter and not being truthful about its intentions, because why wait four years uh, to raise an issue of the fact that the mine was bought with the proceeds of crime. Mm. And if that money was the proceeds of crime, that money went to Glencore and, and was deposited in trust account to taxman's returns. And it is those people who benefited from the proceeds of crime. And, and why is the NPA not going against them? So we saw the community uh, marching to the mine and threatening to occupy the mind saying that it is them who know how to work this mine. They are capable of running it, of mining, because it's not the rich and powerful who go down into the trenches and mine the minerals. It is them as a community. And if the NPA should continue with trying to seize the mine, then they are more than prepared to occupy the mine and begin operating it uh, for themselves so that they can be able to put food on the table. They're willing to go an illegal route, then. Um, yeah, if, 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 if that's if that's what it sounds like, I think 
Um, yeah, they, they said that uh, they're giving the mine 72 hours and they, they are coming back, which is today. So we'll wait and see today if they're going in to go and occupy the mine. Of course, on Friday, they released a statement saying that they're going to occupy the mine, but uh, they arrived at the mine and find uh, quite a sizable police presence there. Uh, and uh, they, they sang and they delivered their grievance to the management, saying that uh, they want the sale process to go through, they want the transaction to go through, they don't care about the Guptas or any other person who buys the mine. What they are interested in is that the mine is reopened. And since Liberty started its process, what has now happened is that almost 800 people have become employed from the community in trying to resuscitate the mine. And obviously with the transaction going through, then other financing would be secured to fully reopen the mine and then employ all those people who were untimely uh, retrenched uh, over the closing of those crypto bank accounts. Well, here we see then the war of unemployment taking its course in the country. And I don't know that anybody would be surprised that if people in the you know, community are saying they are suffering. They're just going to sit and wait for this unending battle to to be resolved instead of taking matters into their hand. So I don't even know how uh, this could go because, I mean, if the NPA could withdraw their action, they would have by now. Clearly they haven't because there's still processes there. Um, and then here we are, the, economy, the, the community saying we're not going to wait. Yeah, interestingly, um, Judge Faree, who was presiding over the hearing, in the North Hagen High Court, uh, saying to, after listening to heads of arguments from the National Union of Mine Workers, which is there opposing the NPA's action uh, on behalf of, of, of employees, um, as well as the business rescue practitioners also um, delivering their heads of arguments to the, to the judge, he said that um, from what he's listened to, he doesn't feel that they can be a winner and a loser. Uh, strong words directed at the NPA saying that perhaps it would be much better placed uh, for him to set up a mediating uh, sort of um, a process uh, that that people can sit around the table and resolve the matter uh, of because if, if everyone goes the litigation route and wants a winner and a loser approach, the only people who are going to suffer is that very same community yeah. that lives on the outskirts of that mine and that for decades has has drawn their livelihood from that mine. Yeah. Well, let's leave it there for today. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday. Have a great week ahead, Mpumelelo. I'm sure maybe, well, I'm not sure, but the, the black, I'm sure that is what I'm saying. The black peoples, I'm sure, will speak later <laughs> this week. <laughs> I'm sure, Asan. <laughs> Great work to you, too. <laughs> Great stuff. Pumelelo Bashifane, social commentator and 012 News.